On Keeping It Real today, Tanya Dunnett will be on to discuss the many and various issues facing our young people. There have been countless problems and hardships surrounding our youth, creating a huge weight that they've been under. As our quote-unquote adult culture, and I use that phrase somewhat loosely, continues in its own way of sin, so many of our youth have been left to fend for themselves. That has not gone well. The vast majority of our youth have been under some godless weight or another. We not only plan to expose what's godless, but also to magnify the hope to help our youth get out from under the weight. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast. Only tired of fake stuff? Shouldn't we turn down a stale brand of living? It's time to open our hearts to Christ. It's time to keep it real. Here's your host, Ollie G. All right, and welcome back to now another episode of the Keeping It Real podcast. I'm your host, Ali G, and today it's time for us to have a special guest on again. Um, Tanya Dunnett will be on with us, and very grateful in how she has agreed to come on the show or on the program again today. The next time she will be due up in the rotation, she will not be with us. She will be taking a sabbatical, much deserved. She has been, how long have you been with Keeping It Real now? Um, I think we did our first show back in 2018. Okay. So about four years. That's a, yeah. that's a long time. I mean, most missionaries <laughs> are in the field for uh, less than that, like three years. And then that fourth year, they take a sabbatical. So mm -hmm. uh, it's well-deserved uh, for you. As we were considering the presets and how we've progressed along with the Keeping It Real podcast, that you are so much a part of the keeping it real ministry you're you're really you're you're definitely involved you are entrenched in what has gone on with this ministry and we consider doing when we consider doing this show we haven't done a kids show yet mm -hmm. a youth culture show and we've done a lot of cultural shows and we touch subject matters that most by and large don't want to touch Mm -hmm. So we are not bashful here. We dive kind of right in. And so now I thought, well, it's time for a kid's show and who better to do it with than you because you deal with kids, many, many kids on a daily basis. <laughs> yes, <I> do. yeah. <laughs> you are a speech pathologist by trade mm -hmm. and you've been doing this thing virtually now, uh, basically since covid right mm -hmm. yeah even before covid yeah yeah okay so what would you say is the hardest thing in general with doing speech pathology uh virtually i really miss the in person my first year when i still lived in pennsylvania i was on site so i worked out at a at physical brick and mortar um and i loved the connection that i could build with my students with the staff with the administration and just kind of that sense of community when you walk into a building and you're you know people are saying hi to you walking down the hallway and um i love that kids my students and some people that were my students actually would just walk walk by my room my my therapy room and just say hi and hey hey miss h like oh we're just we just wanted to say hi because we we know you're here and we miss you and we just want you to have a great day. And um, you don't get that same 
community when you're doing right. things virtually. And right. I am actually the only virtual therapist in my district currently right now, well, obviously, because I live in Canada and I work for a school in Florida, um, but I'm the only one that does teletherapy. And so um, I've, I've made some really great connections with fellow speech therapists and teachers because I'm very intentional about building that community and those relationships. But particularly with my students, like I see them for their sessions and then they log off and then I don't see them again until they log back on for another session. They don't get to just you know, we don't get to just do random Zoom sessions. And I guess I could if they really wanted to, but nobody really asked to do that. Um, so I miss that like constant, you know, community building and then, you know, being present in their lives on a daily basis. Um, but with that said, you know, I'm still with the way that I do uh, virtual therapy, most of my kids are home. So like, they're not, they're not in a school location. They're actually at home. So in that way, I have had a chance to connect with the parents. I've met the siblings. I've had puppies thrown in my, you know, screen and like, look, here's my new dog. I've met grandparents. And, and so in that sense that I didn't have when I worked at a brick and mortar, where I was just with the students, I've now had a chance to kind of push in and be intentional with like the extended family, which has been a really cool experience too. And I've had, I've met some really great families, a lot of them, particularly from the area that I, I teach in, um, very, it's a very faith-based area. And so a lot of these um, parents and families are, are churchgoers. So they have, you know, said things like, you know, we're praying for you or, or, you know, we hope you have a blessed day. And so it's just really like that kind of community is really cool too. So it's had its benefits and its downfalls. And I'm just, you know, I constantly try to see the positive, but at some point in the near future, I would like to return back to a brick and mortar setting for sure. Yeah, well, and I appreciate you using the word community. I'm big on that. Um, we see that in the scriptures a lot, uh, how Christ would constantly hang around the disciples and a few women and just pour it into them. They had such a sense of community. Mm -hmm. And that certainly was the case with, you know, the church back in the early time. And I think another big word that I, or a word, a C word that I love so much is connection. And yeah. I think that's what, you had, and I can relate to that because I taught for a couple of years in a Christian school mm -hmm. and the students would constantly come by my room outside, you know, outside of class mm -hmm. after school. And it, they would just, we would share life together, you know, yeah. I used and, to send them back, like, go back. You're going to get me in trouble. But they're like, yeah. I just miss you and love you. And I'm like, get yeah. you. you're wandering the halls, <laughs> go back to class. <laughs> but it was nice. So those are uh, some really good things that you highlight and bring out with that. But now as we get further along in this episode, um, and this episode's entitled Kids Under Godless Weight, I want to read a, a verse of scripture mm -hmm. and then uh, have a question that follows that, that I'll be very interested in hearing your response to. Be alert. This is 1 Peter 5. Uh, chapter five, verse eight, be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And then the beginning of verse nine says, resist him standing firm in the faith. Mm -hmm. So why do I read uh, that verse? There are a number of uh, problem, problematic issues surrounding our youth. What would you cite are some of the greatest problem issues or demonic matters that have been coming for our youth? 
So, so many. Yeah. And it's interesting because I've been in the education field since 2009. Um, I graduated with my undergraduate degree in elementary ed and then never fully pursued it and then eventually did speech. But um, just even in that timeline from 2009 to now, um, the expectations and the pressures on our youth have just risen exponentially mm. and it's it's and it's coming from all angles it, it almost feels like it's such a barrage of just attacks and and you know as a teacher seeing that as a, as a future parent uh you know preparing for when my kids have to face those things it's it's terrifying and it's something that i i pray about daily you know um and it, it comes from social media it comes from um the you know dissolving of the nuclear family it comes from uh and the entertainment you know hollywood and right, right. and all that kind of stuff it comes from um you know fashion magazines and like expectations on a body and what to look like and it's just it's everywhere and sometimes it's done rather blatantly mm -hmm. uh, like with bullying that's done like you know cyberbullying via text or facetime or all this new technology um and other ways it's done rather subtly um and and our youth if they're not prepared to know to be discerning you know what because discernment really isn't what's discerning between what's right and what's wrong it's discerning between what's right and what's almost right oh so it's that really subtle difference that you know if we're not looking yeah, for that's an interesting take we're fooled by it and yeah. and and kids are so vulnerable and so susceptible and so malleable um that if we're not prepared and we're not on top of that they're gonna fall away and and i was reading actually this morning in preparation for the show <clears throat> matthew 19 14 jesus was talking to his disciples and he was saying this is when he was um, when the kids wanted to come after him having done a lesson and, and they tried to prevent them from coming, oh, go away, don't bother him. He's too busy for you. And he said, don't let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that the enemy is specifically going after our youth and our kids, even from a very young age, because he knows the value that the Lord places on the life of a child. And then if you can cause a child to stray, that can change the entire life trajectory for them. Okay. And, and it alters a generation. If you can. So, so you've, uh, you've hit on a number of things that, <laughs> that, <laughs> and, and no, listen, that's perfectly, that's like natural from, I think, um, from someone that has a perspective that's of Christ, because we don't just see one or two things. We don't yeah. look at symptoms. We look at root mm -hmm. issues and causes. And I think that that's really what you were diving into. And the thing is that like you, the very first thing that you said in response to that question is there's so many of them. It's yeah. hard to pinpoint one or two because, mm -hmm. and it's easy to cite the symptoms when the, the root issues are just also very involved. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of now springboards me into my next question, which kind of comes off of that. Mm -hmm. You got into answering it some already. Maybe you would care to expound on it some. How do these agonizing matters? And you cited, you know, pressures on having a certain look with a 
what's portrayed in a fashion magazine, mm -hmm. uh, pressures of measuring up so that they don't get bullied, things like that. How do these agonizing matters have such an adverse effect on the kids of today? And what happens to the kids, which dare I say is probably the vast majority, mm -hmm. what happens to the kids who don't fight these things off? Well, I, th I think I think they're so agonizing because they set up a false expectation that just really can't be met. Mm. Uh, I think that it, it's just a con it, and, it, and it constantly is is sending this message that you're not you're not good enough. You're not you know who you are, like who you've been created in you know, is, is the image of God right. isn't, isn't good enough. And you, and we're being told we have to change that. And, um, and, and the desire, particularly for our youth to fit in because community for, for youth is also really important. Now it changes as we become adults, because we realize the value of community and being a little more choosy with right. who we let into our lives and who we'd let into our inner circle and so on and so forth. But you know, I remember being a middle school and high schooler and, and, and thinking like, I just want people to like me. I just want to fit in. I just want to have friends. I want to be invited to the parties. I want, I want to have, you know, friends calling me. Um, now I was more of the outcast just because I didn't fit into the typical popularity circles. I didn't drink. I, you know, didn't right. have a boyfriend, wasn't sexually active, whatever, um, even back in the early 2000s. But um, I think, I think it's so adverse because it's just this constant, you know, pounding and reminder of like, you know, if you're, if you're not going to do what I want you to do, or you're not going to do what society tells you to do, then you're nobody and you're going to be pushed aside. And then if would you, to, to take that further, because yeah. they feel like they're a nobody, then they feel like they've got to do these like extreme things to feel like they are somebody. Yes. Would that, that be yes. a fair assessment? Yeah. Is that what you come across to with your experiences and you know, some of just even what you hear about, maybe not the kids directly that you yeah. help out with speech, but I mean, they have peers and yeah. you hear about these things from your friends and things that yeah, they're involved I, with. I, I think if our kids, I think if we're not preparing our youth to know how to emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically deal with these expectations and these pressures, you get things like these school shootings are oftentimes kids who have been ostracized and are bullied right. and they and they're tired of being quiet and just taking it and then they come and they do something really big because they want people to hear and, and listen and I'm, I'm not saying every kid that's you know an outcast is going sure, to do something no, like that but and I don't but, think the listening audience would gather that from yeah, what you said but, but the point I do think yeah I do think it it you either get people who continue to remain quiet and remain in the shadows or you get those who are like they, it, you know, it, it gets buried and buried and buried and then all of a sudden it starts to bubble up and then they explode. Um, right. Because, you know, and, and, and it's funny, every time things like that happen, everyone's like, oh, I, I would never have known. He was such a quiet kid. I had no idea. Sometimes the parents are not even aware. Um, you know, he never said anything. Well, did you ask? Are you aware of what's going on with your kids' lives? And it's like, so... It, being intentional and being like a little bit nosy in your students' lives or your kids' lives, I think is an area that we as a society have really fallen short and, and things like that do occur because we're not asking the right questions. We're not. Trying. Well, it's interesting that you bring up the parents because yeah. now that brings me to my next question. Okay? <laughs> yeah. And this is where 
I just, I, 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 to be honest with you, a lot of times I have great difficulty with wrapping my head around this one, wrapping my heart around it. I have, you know, poured my heart out to the Lord on behalf of our culture. Um, but of course, you know, there's a lot of things that are a part of that as well. I want to ask you now, how are, how do you feel parents are culpable in what happens with their kids? They're entirely culpable. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's interesting that you say that even from, even from like a less, like, let's step away from like a less severe example of like school shootings and things like that. But with my students, for example, when they, when they act out, which, you know, inevitably when they get really comfortable with you, they start to show their true colors and then you have some issues. Um, a lot of times I have to look past the student's initial behavior and I'm like, well, what's going on at home? You know, uh what? what's going on you know what's what's the you know are there are there issues within the family dynamic did dad just leave are you know mom and dad fighting a lot is you know is it a single parent home is it a grandparent mm -hmm. that's raising this child um because it's easy to react initially to the behavior sure. from the child and being like why are you doing this um but as i've you know, been in the field for so long and I've understood kind of child psychology and behavioral development and all that kind of stuff. And, and understanding that a lot of times it's outside environmental influences that build and kind of nurture those behaviors. Um, I often say, I can't be mad at the child if what they're doing is what's being modeled at home. Mm -hmm. And so I do hold the parents responsible. And now, as well as you should. And I mean, that was probably a pretty predictable answer to yeah. a pretty straight well, shot question. With that said, you can, there are parents who can do everything right. There are parents, there are Christian homes yep. that can do everything right. Raising their kids in the church, you know, praying with their kids every night, studying the Bible, doing everything, you know, biblically and their kids still Right. And do their own thing. So it's really, it's not to say that like, oh, all big, but you know, kids with behavioral issues are, you know, come from families that are broken. It right. can come from a completely, you know, nuclear family, mom, dad, brother, sister, whatever. And it's a great family and something just happens. Mm -hmm. um, usually friend choice or something outside of the family home. Um, but I, yeah, parents are responsible for setting a a firm biblical foundation for what their kids are going to stand on and giving them the tools so that when they walk out that door, they're not completely vulnerable and left unprepared for all the things that are going to come at them. But that takes like, that takes intentionality. That takes talking to your kids every night. That takes and, that, and that's a good, and that was a good, difficult issue. When and I, would, I really echo that word intentionality. That was a really, um, that kind of really honed in on, I think, what we're looking to drive at here yeah. in regards to discussing our youth culture, because as you draw out, and I accurately so might I add that there are exceptions to just about every rule. Yeah. And I have also seen uh, the kid grow up in an incredibly got I've seen preachers kids yes um I was just gonna say pastors all, kids. <laughs> yeah they 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 are off you know they end up as soon as they get a slight taste of independence they're off oh, the chain off. yeah and mm -hmm. then you've got other kids that were in incredibly oppressive environments and then 
you know, they somehow come to know Christ. And I happen to be more or less one of those people. Yeah. Um, and then they end up live, you know, living for the Lord. So there are variances, but when we, if we speak in the generalities, which you really expounded on quite nicely, just to kind of add something, I think a, a major issue, what I am coming to find is, and it's like a difference between a Jew and Gentile culture. Mm-hmm. The Jews believed in God, right? They believed that God was creator and that they had a history with God. The Gentiles didn't believe anything about God until you know they would be converted. We are drifting or have drifted all the more into a Gentile culture. The days of yesteryear of one nation under God and God bless America and all of that stuff, that's all, that ship has sailed for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've got a culture, we're going to get now, we're going to get into the adult aspect of the culture a little bit more. This Mm -hmm. shows about youth culture, but adult culture helps shape our youth. And We've got too many adults, and I use that term very loosely, by the way, <laughs> but we've got too many- well, maybe biologically only. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, people that are more older in age yeah. that uh, don't believe in God, uh, yeah. that don't believe that God created. And if they don't believe that God created, then there's no value attached to the child, Yeah, which really breaks my heart. I mean, we could go on and on about an abortion debate, but it's not just limited to that. Even children that have been born and that have been, you know, grown up healthy to some degree, there is an attitude from way too many parents and way too many adults that you're an accident. You know, we, we don't believe that God, we don't believe in God. So we don't believe that God's creator so that you're not fearfully and wonderfully made. You're an accident. You're just here by some chance. And then it's no wonder why our kids act like they're accidents Mm -hmm. because then we can change our gender. We can act however we want. And there's no sense of value attached or placed on the child as an incredible design, loving design of the God of heaven. Right. There's no distinctive identity. Right. And they're they're very fluid. And I'm going to use that loosely as well, because I know that's a term within this new gender culture, but um, they're kind of like a loss. They're just lost. They're just kind of like moving from one thing to another, trying to right. figure out, quote unquote, where they belong. Because like you said, no one has, no one has spoken into their life that you are you are created in the image of God. You are be- you are perfect as you are. There's no need to change who you are in the sense of, let's say, physical identity right. or right. gender identity or whatever. Like you, God does not make mistakes. Sure. And so, if kids are are, are being raised thinking I'm I'm just a mistake, and you know maybe maybe I am you know someone different. They're going to spend a lot of their time going from one thing to another, going from one group to another, trying yeah. to figure out where they supposedly belong. And that that does come to trying to okay. figure out where they belong and trying to figure yeah. out. And in love. this world, good luck yeah. trying to figure that out because yeah. it changes on yeah. the daily. Yeah. And, it's and, and, and yeah, good luck trying to find love in all of the wrong places. All the wrong places, yes. Mm-hmm. So having said all of that, as now we've established laying out this very gruesome picture <laughs> and regarding our youth culture. And listen, again, we're just keeping it real here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't about us being cynical or pessimistic or um, 
trying to, uh, you know, kind of be the boogie, the boogeyman and the boogie woman, right. um, just laying this dark storm cloud over everybody. But this is where we are. Yeah. We've got to come to grips with where we are. And it's not a culture that we really see great evidence of being sensitive to, to the Lord. And so when we talk about our kids, for you, as someone who works with young people mm-hmm. every day, and you have been for some time and will be for um, the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. what hope is there for our young people? particularly those that don't have Christian parents or any Christian family members or any Christian friends. What hope is there for them? What say you to them? All I can say to that is that the Lord can use the most hopeless and dark situations to bring light, to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring glory to himself, you know, what man sees as impossible, what man sees as completely broken and irreparable, the Lord is like, move aside, let me do my thing. I got this. Um, and so when I look at the world around us right now, and it, it, it there are so many days that just feel so dark and hopeless, I, I have to remind myself that the Lord is still sovereign. He is still at the center of all this. He is, it, it, this is still part of his plan, even though it feels like really Lord, like you couldn't have gone any other way <laughs> to like get to your final, like big culmination of like what this is all going to work out in the end and, and grounding myself in the word and reminding myself that like, in the end, we know who's victorious. And I think you know, for those kids that don't have a Christian family, Christian friends, Christian influences, I have that opportunity to be that for them. Mm. Even though I'm not a parent to these kids, I can still be Jesus to these kids. I can still be a solid listening ear. I can still be a wise word of counsel. Doesn't mean I have to sit down and preach the gospel to them per se, which, you know, in a public setting, I had to be careful about doing that, but I can still love on them and be Jesus to them every day and show them a glimmer of like, oh, there is something different out there. There is something hopeful. There is something kind. There is something, you know, loving, whatever that might be. And so I look at every opportunity I have in every new school setting that I'm in or, or new workplace that I'm in or what, you know, even just walking out in, in the supermarket, um, I have an opportunity to, to minister. And so I'm going to do that. And so if I can be a glimpse of that hope, then may the Lord use me and however that that is. And so like that gives me purpose and that gives me hope that the Lord is not just like, it isn't all have just fallen away. So I, I guess I, I don't know if that makes sense, but no, like- it does. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is that um, that's a word that uh, our young people need to hear because I think a lot of them wonder or think, well, what hope is there? I mean, look yeah. at what's around me and that's all they see and that's all they know. Yeah. But if they can come across that person that will rep or be repping Jesus, yeah. um, that could potentially be the difference maker in their lives. And yeah. it, like my daughter and I, we just went to go see Matthew West the other night uh, in concert, wonderful, just a great show, but more than it just being a great show, what a great dude. I mm-hmm. mean, just an incredibly family man. And it came out. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. um, for him as a as a husband and as a dad. Uh, that came out a lot, and the impact that his dad made on him gave mm-hmm. him the opportunity to make an impact on countless lives, including yeah. his own wife and his own children. And he's got a song called "Broken Things." Mm-hmm. You know, Lord, if you use broken things, then yeah. here I am. So. Yeah everybody's life to one degree or another is broken. And if these kids would just realize that there's a God who's incredibly loving, that will just take them as they are and heal all of those scars and put back together all of those broken pieces, Mm -hmm. it'll just be a wonderful picture. Now you might think, and a lot of people might think that that would be the end of the show here today. I actually have one more question. okay? Okay. Because that, Typically, you know, we like to leave on like a hopeful note or we kind of lead into the gospel and this is how great Jesus is. I have this to ask you. What would you say to the young person or any person for that matter that says, don't judge me when it comes to the godless weight that they're under and that they're okay with? Well, I guess I'm, I'm not here to judge them. Mm-hmm. Their decisions in the end are between them and God. And that and that'll be have that'll have to be something they have to reconcile with an answer to. I'm here to So they're under judgment long before they listen to this episode of the podcast. Yes. yes. We're all under judgment. We all sure. have fallen short and are are sinful. Um Absolutely. I'm not here, I'm not here to tell anybody how to live their lives. Um if I have so if I have a youth that comes to me and and, and is feeling that judgment then I remove that feeling that they have. And I just listen. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to listen. I'm here to help. I'm here to offer a, a, a table to sit at with a warm drink. So you can come and talk to me. I'm here. My classroom is open. Anytime you want to come and talk to me, I am I'm here to offer a hug when you're feeling really low. I'm, I'm going to be here to support you in any way that you need. The judgment is not going to come from me because it's not my place because I am just as broken as you are in one way or another. I have been just as broken as you are, but I will, I, you know, and if I can, I will tell a student, you know, you may not like this, but I'm going to pray for you. And, you know, you can't stop me. Yeah. What I do, and I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to pray that, you know, you start to see yourself yourself as, as someone who is um, fearfully and wonderfully made that you have a purpose in this life, that you um, you are not just this broken mass that's walking around with nothing nothing to hope for, um, and just continue to offer that for them um, consistently and 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 not change that. But yeah, not the judgment aspect. And and the judgment when they say things like that, it's it's an insecurity and it's a fear um, that they don't. They don't want you to do that. They they want you to love them. That's really right. kind of a cry for help. And right. so I'm going to answer that cry for help mm-hmm. and, and love them as best as I can in whatever capacity that I'm allowed to do so. Well, well put, Tanya. And uh, we're about out of time. We're going to have to bounce here, but uh, <laughs> enjoy your sabbatical. Thank uh, you. And uh, for everybody that's listening. <laughs> Everybody that's listening and you're like, oh man, are we not ever going to hear Tanya again? You got to be kidding me. Well, now nah, next summer okay. she'll be back with us uh, unless of course the Lord returns and then we'll have a chance to uh, yeah. hang out and talk and praise <laughs> and worship uh, every moment of every day, which will be mm-hmm. far better. Amen. But uh, in the meantime, um, enjoy your time off. It's well earned and deserved. Enjoy the time with John, your husband, and uh, we'll look forward to 
having you back refreshed. I look forward to coming back. On the next episode that we'll have you on, on the Keeping It Real podcast. All right. See you All then. Right. <laughs> Meantime, uh, everybody that's listening, uh, make sure you tune into the next episode of the podcast due out again in a couple of weeks.